from the land of adventure and diversity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa. On the 18th of April 2021, Cape Town suffered one of its most devastating wildfires in history. The blaze began near the city's university and spiraled into an uncontrolled inferno, engulfing parts of the national park and the university campus. Driven by winds reaching speeds of 50 kilometers an hour, the flames swiftly advanced towards densely populated areas above downtown Cape Town. In a race against time, residents along the park's periphery were forced to evacuate. Amidst the chaos, more than 200 firefighters and emergency personnel battled the blaze while helicopters and a spotter plane assisted from the air. I remember I was on a call and I saw a pop-up from my WhatsApp, a fire call. I heard a knock on my door. And so it's my, one of my team leaders, Vizeko, and she came in with, with Yanga, another one of my teammates. And I asked him, why are they back here? Are we going to a fire? Are we actually going to a fire right now? In my pajamas. So I actually saw the smoke from the fire before I heard the news. I was um, in my room and I saw the light turn a sort of an eerie orangish glow and then I started to smell smoke. So I went outside to go and check and saw that where I would usually see Devil Speak uh, was completely obscured by a vast plume of smoke. When I arrived there, I was just trying to prepare myself for what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing a lot of smoke to remind myself I need to do this job. That was my experience the first time I got there. After three days of relentless firefighting, the city narrowly escaped devastation. In the wake of the disaster, those impacted by the blaze have had time to reflect. What factors led to this uncontrollable situation? And what can we do to prevent this from happening in the future? Sharnay Maritz got closer than most to Cape Town's devastating 2021 wildfire. She was part of South Africa's first all-female fire crew, who along with 200 others, faced the fire head on. When I was nine years old, I encountered a firefighter in my city. I woke up to the smell of smoke and my mom shouting and pulling me out of bed, we need to get out, because she thought the house was about to burn down. And when we went outside, I just saw smoke everywhere. To me, it was, I'm about to lose my home right now. The moment firefighters arrived to the site, everyone was just moving along with them, listening to them, and the impact that they brought the moment they rocked up, and I was like, whoa. To me, in that moment, it drew me to wanting to become a firefighter. Going to that field wasn't something ideal or realistic in anyone's eyesight when they saw me. Even now, when you look at me, you won't say that I would be able to do the job. I'm too short, I have asthma, and for a female, it's much more harder and tougher. So I should look for something different. But every time I saw a fire truck drive past me, the nine-year-old me who said, Mommy, I want to be a firefighter, it was a breath of relief to know that my mom was that support structure, the, someone that, the person that I looked mostly up to, just to know that she's on my side, she has my back. I knew I could do it. 
Having overcome numerous challenges as a female firefighter, the 2021 Cape Town Blaze was the first serious wildfire Shanae encountered and one she was not prepared for. Wurmakers are these big oak trees. When the fire comes and they start burning down, they come down and they would crush firefighters and that's why it was called the Widowmaker. I heard a tree fall down. I don't know where it fell down, but I just heard that banging sound. In the moment, I didn't really feel much. I always feel the effects of a event when I'm out of it. So when I'm in the fire line, I'm not afraid, I'm not scared. When I left, I actually realized that I could have lost my life in there, you know, that how dangerous the whole situation was. And it also made me more aware of these things that I don't know. I don't know my area as well. I don't know my vegetation as well. I didn't know what a widowmaker was until I was in the situation. And these are real things about firefighters that we don't have the knowledge that we should have. Kind of just going in there blindly. And it was a scary fact that we just went to bed with. You know, it made me think a lot about myself and moving forward in the future. Firefighters hold invaluable knowledge when it comes to fighting wildfires, but they're often unprepared for the scale of the fires they have to face. It's clear that we cannot plan for the future if we only focus on putting the fires out. To manage them more effectively, we need to study the causes of their rapid and unmanageable escalation. Cape Town's wildfire provided an opportunity for those studying the city's vulnerability to join the conversation. Stefan Conradi is a climatologist based in Cape Town. Being a student at UCT and with the fire as close as it was to our building, I was just very interested to understand the circumstances around the fire. When I didn't find much scientific understanding, I felt like there was an opportunity to write a piece from my own investigation into the weather and, and climate situation that was going on during that April. In the run-up to the fire, it was unseasonably hot and dry. Very unusual weather pattern that was very persistent. We had very low humidity of about 10%, temperatures of up to 37 degrees Celsius, wind speeds up to 50 kilometers an hour. Fire was being driven here towards the wildland urban interface where we have heavily invaded area. Not only can it spread far more rapidly and burn more intensely, but the fire can move from the lower levels into crowns of big trees, which allows far more material to burn. And then you, you also get ember production, ember transport in the wind, and the surrounding vegetation is then much more susceptible to being set alight. So these are quite extreme conditions in the, in the Cape Town's context specifically. Stefan published an article about what he discovered researching Cape Town's wildfire, which quickly grabbed the world's attention, including that of PhD researcher Zhongwei Liu. 
Zhongwei uses climate models and data analysis to study the causes and consequences of fire weather extremes around the world. Through Stefan's research, she was able to enrich her database and examine how human-induced climate change contributed to these disasters. We started our research and tried to have some initial knowledge about this uh, 2021 Cape Town wildfire study in July 2022. And we found uh, Stefan's article on the conversation. Then we found it very interesting to know like the progress of this event as an initial view. Then we contacted him and invite, invited him to join us and he agreed and we worked together on this case study. There are many case studies in South America, Canada and Australia, but not that much for South Africa, uh, Northern Asia or some places in Europe. It is helpful to have a general view about how it goes from a global scale um, because like to some small regions like Cape Town um, we may say uh, this likelihood increased by maybe 90 percent as a result of climate change but that won't be true for everywhere in the world. So my project about the attribution of wildfire on a global scale should be helpful to the United Nations to push the government take actions um, to mitigate and um, advise the corresponding mitigation strategies on such kind of events. Zhongwei hopes her research can provide effective mitigation strategies to the alarming rise of wildfires. The reality is that Cape Town's wildfire was part of a much larger global pattern. Across the world, wildfires are becoming more frequent and intense, threatening lives, homes and ecosystems. In 2017, California suffered deadly fires that burned over 600,000 hectares, raged through neighborhoods and killed 46 people. The fires were fueled by strong winds and dry vegetation that resulted from a five-year drought. In 2019, Moray, Scotland had the largest wildfire in UK history. It burned 50 square kilometers of land and endangered wildlife, historic sites and villages. The cause was unknown, but changing weather patterns are suspected to have played a role as the UK recorded both its hottest and driest seasons in history over the years leading up to the fire. Similarly, in 2020, Australia had its worst fire season ever. Over 11 million hectares burned, killing 33 people and 1 billion animals. Extreme heat, drought and wind intensified the fires, 
which were linked to the fact that Australia's average temperature has risen nearly 1.4 degrees Celsius since 1910. A record heat wave sparked a 10-day inferno in Chongqing, China's southwestern city in 2022. The flames ravaged forests, homes and infrastructure. It took over 20,000 brave firefighters, police officers and volunteers to contain it. In 2023, Canada is facing its worst fire season in history. Hundreds of fires are burning across the country. Over 11 million hectares have been burned so far, which has been directly linked to climatic changes and poor forest management. These wildfires are clearly a global threat that needs urgent action. According to a UN report, wildfire risk is expected to increase by 30% by 2050. The need to plan ahead has never been more urgent. Through a combined effort, teams around the world are beginning to work together to find measures that can be taken to mitigate the consequences as we adapt to our changing climate. There's a misconception that the only way to fight wildfires is with firefighters. But there's also a need for fire awareness and information sharing. Shanae has decided to leave firefighting behind to pursue a career in education so that she can begin fighting fires before they begin. When I left, I left for the reasons of having to take care of my family. Being a firefighter, you don't get paid as much. I learned about climate change and the impact that has on wildfire. I realized also while I was a firefighter, the, the lack of knowledge that I had in the field, but there was just never that chance of growth. So I left seeking growth and looking for opportunity where I can help my family. It was the hardest decision ever. When it's a dream that you finally accomplish and now you just have to leave it, I felt like I was digging a grave, you know, instead of elevating myself. It was very tough. What I'm seeking right now is learning more about fire behavior and fire management on how climate change, how weather patterns, how landscape, how all of these variables come together to cause fire to behave a certain way that it does. And how I can spread my knowledge that I got from fire, these small basic knowledge, how can I inspire kids in my, in my area to want to become firefighters or conservationists. It wasn't just firefighters that were doing this job. So it wasn't just our role to play, it's everyone's role. And when I left, I realized that this knowledge that I had, I need to break this down for the kids, you know, or someone that's not in the field, so that they can also bring their part. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Shanae Ambermeritz. I am 22 years old. I was nine years old when I first encountered firefighters, structural firefighters. I didn't know wildfire existed at the time. Um, it all started when I saw the impact they brought to the community and I was immediately inspired by that. My hopes is that we don't wait for it to knock on our door, but to make a plan before it actually starts happening. 
And now I can take this knowledge that I learned here from a wildlife firefighter into that and into my community. Shanae aims to inspire her community with a deeper appreciation of fire and its role in nature. Her integrated approach to wildfire education includes working with scientists on the ground who have an intimate understanding of the local habitat and its vulnerabilities. These mountains in front of us here are essentially the main sources of all the water that, for the city of Cape Town. And you know, what we, we've seen from the work that's been done here is when catchment gets completely invaded by alien plants, the rivers almost dry up. So it's been a huge issue over the drought. The vegetation that we're surrounded by here is called feinbos, which is a type of shrubland. And feinbos is really special and beautiful because it's, it's one of the most biodiverse vegetation types in the world. It's actually got the highest biodiversity of plants anywhere in the world outside of tropical rainforests. And many of them depend on fire to complete their life cycles. And so when we have healthy, normal fire cycles, we get more biodiversity, we get more plant species. But what happens often in this vegetation is that we have invasive plants um, like pines and Australian wattles, and those plants produce much more biomass and pose a much more significant fire risk than the native vegetation. And so what can often happen, and what happened in the 2021 fire in Cape Town, was that these alien plants get out of control and they are growing in significant densities next to infrastructure and people's homes. Glenn Moncrief is an ecologist and data scientist at the South African Environmental Observation Network. He is a renowned expert on the vegetation of the Cape Floral Kingdom and its wildfire dynamics. This is part of the environmental monitoring network we have here in this valley. Um, we have numerous stations monitoring variables like rainfall, temperature, humidity, wind speed, um, and they are distributed along the valley bottom and all the way up to the mountain peaks. We can tell how productive the plants are, we can tell what their role is in the water cycle, and that's a really important piece of understanding the global carbon cycle and the global water cycle. These mountains are essentially where all of the water that flows into the dams that supply the city of Cape Town, where all of that water falls and where it originates from. So by being able to understand how the ecosystem and the vegetation interacts with the water cycle, we can figure out you know, how, what's um, healthy vegetation, what's going to support the stream flow into the dams and essentially allow us to build a better picture of the environmental health in this region. We have these regular fires in natural vegetation, which are essential for the normal healthy functioning of that vegetation type and the reproductive cycles of the plants. Those fires normally are not too intense. They, they are manageable, so we can generally manage those fires to prevent damage to infrastructure and, and people. At the University of Stellenbosch, scientists are studying how fast the native Feinbos burns compared to foreign invaders. Okay, so what we have here is uh, this equipment, is the H3s. Uh, it consists of radium panels that heat up, reaching a temperature of around 800 degrees. So what we do with this equipment is to study uh, material behavior in high temperatures. 
So what we will be doing today is that this is going to go on and we're going to expose this vegetation to very high temperatures. So we have a famous eucalyptus, pine, and have similar conditions to what we would have in summer. We will expose it to the radiation and see how the fire starts and how it spreads. The key ingredient is to really make sure that to remove alien plants. And when the alien plants um, burns, the fires become unmanageable, they cause significant damage, and um, things get really out of control. It's important to get on top of the problem before it gets out of control because once you have a widespread, dense infestation, it costs a lot of money, it's very difficult to remove it, and there can be environmental problems even after you've cleared the vegetation. And so you really need to get on top of the problem before the alien plants get out of hand. Mediterranean climate zones such as Cape Town and its surrounds are the rarest in the world and the most threatened by climatic changes. With global temperatures continuing to rise, the frequency of fires in and around Cape Town will increase. The years ahead are crucial if the city is to prepare itself. If we don't know how to, to manage fire, it can become bad and chaotic. But if we work with fire in a good way, it can actually help us. And nature works with us the same way. The two works together. Um, it's actually a really beautiful thing when you think about it, when you're sitting down in nature just to get out of the noise of the city. I actually wanted to start an organization called Flame Lily SA. I wanted to start this organization to help kids understand that they can also become conservationists, they can also become firefighters. I only started hiking when I was 19 years old. And I want kids to experience nature just as much as I did and make them also fall in love with this big world out there. And I wanted to let that organization just be that platform getting um, kids out there into nature, um, creating that passion for little conservationists and just giving them a new perspective of life. Take your time, guys. Okay. See how fire came in through. And this was once, like maybe here, this is one big tree. Can you see here? There's a stump. Can you see the side? Can you see the water? Wow! Yes. So we're going to go this side? So the river's on this side. So keep clearly. Here. Be aware of what you know and see. Look at the mountains on top, guys. Fresh air. I feel like it's very important to give these kids an exposure to have a connection with nature. And it's all for that helps you get back to your roots and you can learn from a plant when you're just watching. And when someone says, let's protect nature, you won't be so completely against it because you got that exposure of how beautiful it is and why it is so important for us to take care of it because there was that connection with you and nature itself. If you never had that connection, you wouldn't want to protect a thing that you never ever got exposure to. Good job, good job. 
What inspired me really today was generally just seeing the smiles and the moment they crossed a river which was scary at first and me like being with them in that moment and seeing how happy they were like oh I did this the accomplishment like that alone was something that I want to teach through my business in a sense where it doesn't matter where you come from or how scary your path is that you can cross it the moment you just take that first step. So when something is scary we have to face it right? Even though we, if we take baby steps, we just face it slowly. But eventually that scary thing won't be as scary anymore, no? In the same way that the right combination of factors need to come together to start a wildfire, the right combination of people, specialists and disciplines needs to come together to prevent one. As we know that there will be future big fire events um, around Cape Town. It's worth thinking carefully and combining the different expertise and understandings that we have from uh, all these different fields and people who are working on it uh, in order to better understand how we can uh, address and mitigate that risk going forward. There are lots of different factors that increase risk and only really when we bring all these different understandings together will we be able to address things meaningfully and effectively. We have these incredible views around here, these incredible mountains, and the normal fire regimes and high biodiversity are essential for also providing and ensuring that a number of services that people depend on from the environment are maintained. The topsoil is retained and we don't get much erosion and essentially people depend on this biodiversity for the city depends on it. It's an, it's an incredible resource that we need to protect. If one has knowledge to contribute towards uh, helping protect people and, and things they value, that's, it's, it's worth doing that. Um, and then this is also a, a global biodiversity hotspot so that there is a lot to value here. I think our project is going to tell the public and the government how climate change altered such kind of wildfire events, especially for Cape Town. And for the local people in Cape Town to understand, it is important to change right now to take some actions to the climate change. My encouragement to anyone is don't focus so much on the challenges, ask yourself like what can I do now, what next steps can I take and try to set goals and then focus on those goals so those goals can drive you.